0: It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult.
2: This is Robert Arnold, Executive Director of Chatterbox Audio Theatre. Tonight, for the third year in a row, we step outside our usual home at www.chatterboxtheater.org in order to come to you live over the airwaves on WKNO 91.1 Memphis and WKNP 90.1 Jackson. This year's show is also streaming live to the world as part of the Transcontinental Terror Project, online at transcontinentalterror.com. Our performers, musicians, and sound engineers are standing by, prepared to use the witching power of radio to conjure up five stories guaranteed to chill your blood. Before we do so, however, a quick word of warning. Warning. Tonight's stories are not for the faint of heart or the easily upset. So if you are squeamish or sensitive, if you are disturbed by the possibilities of evil or by the bottomless darkness that dwells inside every human heart, well, don't say we didn't warn you. Tonight we begin in a very old, very large house, a place so ornate and labyrinthine, with so many creaking doors and echoing hallways that it almost certainly must be haunted. The three people spending the night there are determined to find out the truth about this house. They would never guess that it already knows the truth about them. Chatterbox Audio Theatre presents tonight's first tale, which we call EVP.
3: Check. Check. Yeah, I know, right? really? yeah. Okay, here, here uh, we go. Sure. Uh, guys! We totally guys, we're rolling. Oh,
2: great. Uh, levels look okay?
3: Yeah, everything's coming through fine. Want to give the timestamp?
2: stamp? No, no. After you.
3: Uh, Mike, you want to do it?
4: Uh, hey, this is your party. I'm just crashing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, so the date is October 31st, Halloween. And this is a recording by the Paranormal Society of the Mid-South. It's 11.25 p.m. This is researcher Rachel Bixby. I'm here with Society President Ben Arroyo. Hello. And with us is Ben's brother, Mike. Uh,
2: Do I need to say something? No, no. Don't worry about it.
3: Okay. So, we're stationed right now in Oakhurst Manor possibly one of the most paranormally active spots in the region. The owners asked us to do a full assessment of the property, so we're here overnight to see if anything turns up. Um, Ben, do you want to talk about what we're looking for? Sure. Sure.
2: Well, uh, throughout the night, we'll be cycling our two night vision cameras to different locations, including the top and bottom of the staircase uh, here in the main hall, the wine cellar, and two of the bedrooms. Uh, We'll keep them running until sunrise and then check over the tapes for any signs of activity. Uh, What you're hearing right now is just the audio feed, which, of course, we are recording in the hopes of picking up some EVP. Uh, EVP? (laughs) EVP? which, for the uninitiated among us, stands for electronic voice phenomenon. Uh, It's when spirits or other disembodied entities imprint vocalizations on audio recordings.
4: Oh, so ghost talking.
2: (laughs) In short, yeah. Yeah, EVP won't be audible during the initial recording. It'll only show up when you listen back to the tape.
4: Creepy. <laughs> it can be.
2: But uh, we don't know whether the presence in this house is harmful or benign. That's part of what we're here to find out.
3: EMF and temperature readings look normal, Ben.
2: Good, good. Yeah, there's nothing going on right now, so that gives us a good baseline. So how will you get the ghosts to show up? It's different every time. Sometimes they show up on their own. Sometimes it helps if we try to uh, start the conversation.
4: Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, ghosts, come on down and hang out. We got cheese dip.
2: <laughs> uh, Ben? Hey, be patient with him, okay? You know he's going through a divorce.
3: I understand that, Ben, but A really,
2: really bad divorce? Uh,
3: uh, d- did, did I do something
2: wrong? Just be polite, Mike. If we upset the spirits, they may be less likely to manifest.
4: Hey, sorry. Sorry! No offense, ghosts. It's
2: okay. We probably should try some prompts, though. Rachel, what do you think?
3: Sure, sure. Everything is recording. So we're just waiting now. You want to start?
2: Okay. Everyone, step in a little closer, please. Let's make a circle around the mic. Good. Okay. Give me your hands. Everybody, concentrate and breathe. Whew. I am now going to address the presence in this house. Are you with us?
4: Maybe he's out trick-or-treating.
3: We won't hear any (laughs) responses until we listen to the playback.
2: Right. Sorry. Are you a friend? Or are you hostile to us and to the owners of this house? Does our presence here upset you? We seek only to understand what is it you want All right, Rachel, will you ask a few questions? Sure, sure.
3: Um, Are you a former owner or occupant of this house? Are you upset by the people currently living here? Is there anything you wish to tell us?
2: Good, okay. Uh, Mike, you want to give it a try? I don't know, Uh, I guess. Uh, What do I say? Just ask some questions. Like what? Anything you think might get it talking. Okay. Um, what's it like in the spirit
4: world? Good. Good question. Do you wish you were back on Earth? Can you see into the future? (laughs) What's going to happen with my marriage? Nobody knows. Uh, Can you tell me how I'm going to die? Okay, Mike, that should be enough.
3: No, Ben. Wait, there was some spiking on the EMF meter with those last couple of questions.
4: Are you serious? What does that mean?
2: That means some kind of shift in the magnetic field. might keep going. Ask it another question along those lines. About what? About me dying? Try it.
4: Um, will I live to be an old man? Is there anything specific that I need to watch out for?
3: Ben, the meters are really jumping.
2: Okay. Okay, something's here. Mike, for some reason, it's really connecting with you. Uh, keep going, okay? Uh, um, okay. Uh, so, what about Ben?
4: Can you tell us what's going to happen to Ben? It is getting seriously cold in here.
3: I'm showing a drop of six degrees over the past few minutes.
4: How is Ben going to die? And how about Rachel? Can you tell us what will happen to Rachel?
2: This is amazing. I've never seen anything like this. Mike, keep talking. Um... Are, are you mad at the people living here?
3: Oh, no, no, no response. Keep asking it about what happens to us.
4: Is, is something bad going to happen to any of us? Uh, how will I die? Uh, how will Ben die? How will Rachel die?
2: I don't hear anything. You're not going to hear it, but can you feel it? Can you feel how cold it's gotten in this room? Mike,
3: keep going.
2: What is it you need to tell us? What's so important about the way we're going
4: to die?
3: This is amazing.
2: Rachel, keep an eye on everything, okay? I'm going to go get one of the cameras from the upstairs rooms and see if we can... Wait. What just happened?
3: All the meters just... Just dropped. Temperature's moving back up. Everything's going back to normal.
4: You mean it's gone? Yeah.
2: It looks that way. At least for now. Wow, that was kind of crazy.
3: It was incredible. We are definitely dealing with a very powerful entity.
2: So can we listen back to the tape? No, no, not yet. We don't want to stop the recording. We're staying here all night, remember? I don't want a chance missing anything. Okay. Wow, I'm actually kind of shaking.
3: Well, a first encounter with the paranormal can often be very emotional.
2: Get yourself some water, why don't you, Mike, and just just relax for a bit.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I think I will. You know,
4: I didn't really... Who could that be? Oh, come on, you two. Quit freaking out. It's just somebody at the door. All right, fine. Fine, I'll get it. Honey! Honey! What are you doing here? Come in, come in. Is everything okay? You look strange. Hey guys, guys, look who it is. How did you even know we were here? Oh, uh, Rachel, this is my wife. Honey, this is Rachel. Rachel, this is Mona.
3: You are listening to a live Halloween performance by Chatterbox Audio Theater. This is Kim Justice. The open road is a symbol of progress, of escape, of fresh starts. We like to think of roads as leading to exciting new places or at least to temporary getaways. But not every destination is one that appears on a map, and not every road takes you someplace you would want to go. These unfortunate truths will become quite clear in our next story, in which a young couple find themselves taking an unintended journey. Chatterbox Audio Theatre presents tonight's second tale, Burning Cold.
2: Look out, East Tennessee. Temps this Labor Day weekend will be in the high 90s this
1: week. With even warmer- uh, Come on, Adam. Take the bottle, sweetie. Uh, Daniel, maybe some music?
2: See what I can find. Yeah. Last blast of summer with sunny Sorry, skies. Sorry, Hannah. Uh, uh, that's as good
5: you? as it gets. They'll have some music on after the news.
1: What are you fussing about, Mr. Adam Buchanan? Mommy's little pumpkin. Uh, He's awful sweaty.
5: AC's cranked up all she'll go, Kaylee.
1: Can't believe how backed up the road is.
5: Uh, There's probably some farmer on a tractor up ahead slowing things down. We'll be fine once we get to the interstate. Look, uh, mile marker 14. Not much further. Don't cry, little man. It'll be cooler at the cabin. There's a big lake with lots of docks. We'll count stars, make s'mores. Oh!
1: I forgot the marshmallows. I
5: didn't. They're in the kitchen box in the back seat. marshmallows graham crackers chocolate bars matches uh, oh crap kaylee i forgot those uh fork things uh toasting forks toasting
1: forks. <laughs> oh well it won't be the first time we've had to use sticks <laughs> oh poor sweaty boy Shh.
2: look out east tennessee temps this labor day weekend will be in the high
3: 90s wow wait tucker sounds like it's gonna be a scorcher
4: <clears throat> yep Grab me a Coke from the cooler, would you, mate?
3: Sure thing.
2: Last blast of summer with sunny skies. Yes, sir, a
3: scorcher.
1: Be a good boy, sweetie. Try not to make Daddy crazy enough to drive off the road.
5: (laughs) Very funny. Okay, little man, stop making Mommy crack bad jokes. Whoa, what?
2: Rain, can you believe this? Weatherman's got his head up. High in the 90s. Whiteout conditions. Sunny holiday weekend. Wait, what did he say? Pay attention to the road, honey. Snowstorm expected to dump... Clear skies tonight. snowstorm?
1: Must be different stations, Daniel. Just signals bouncing around.
5: But it's the same voice. It's the same guy.
1: Oh, you know all news people sound alike.
5: Man. Christmas comes earlier every year. When the storm what? what the... Even, even, what is that? Even. It's hail, Kaylee. It's a friggin' hailstorm.
1: Daniel, the windows are icing up. Stop the
5: car, honey. You have to stop. I am. I am, but we're skidding.
2: Last blast of summer with sunny skies. Yes, sir, a
3: scorcher. Reasons. Now... Why in the world did that car up there swerve like that?
4: Hmm. must have had a blowout. It, lucky they weren't going any faster than they were.
5: It's hail, Kaylee. It's a freaking hail storm.
1: Daniel, the windows are icing up. Stop the car, honey. You have to stop! I
5: am! I am, but we're skidding. Uh, uh, Kaylee, hang on! We're going off the road! Kaylee, wake up. Kaylee, wake up.
1: What? Daniel. Oh, Adam. Where's Adam? He's right here. Look, he's fine.
5: Upset with his daddy's driving, but fine.
1: Oh, my baby. Oh, hush, baby. Mommy's right here. Daniel, your forehead's bleeding.
5: Is it? Oh. We must have hit it when we went off the road.
1: The windows. They're covered in ice, Daniel.
5: I know. Don't worry, Kaylee. It'll melt off quick. High 90s all weekend.
2: That's what the weatherman said.
1: But it's not hot anymore, Daniel. It's cold.
2: Worst storm in 30 years. Emergency vehicles out in
1: force. Them. How can it be so cold all of a sudden?
2: I don't know, Kaylee.
4: I don't know. Lucky they weren't going any faster than they were. Not much of a shoulder there.
3: Well, I don't see anyone getting out. Wonder what's going on in there. Their windows sure look funny, like they're all steamed up.
0: Kaylee, you listening to me?
5: Try the window.
3: Where are we?
5: Come on, come on. Ugh, something's busted for sure.
1: We, we went off the road?
5: Yeah. Oh, where's your cell phone, Kaylee? I gotta get out and see what we hit. Why is it so cold? I don't know, honey. Call your sister. Tell her to send Mark with the tow truck. Door stuck. Tell her we're just past mile marker 14.
1: I can't get a signal. Oh close the door! Close it! Daniel,
4: there was snow blowing in.
1: Hush, Adam. Shh. Daniel, how can it be snowing? Really,
5: there's a wall of ice and snow out there. We're buried in it.
1: What? What do you mean? What's, what's happening? I
5: don't know. Maybe we... Well, maybe...
1: Daniel, there's water coming into the car. It's all over the floor. Oh, God. It's as cold as ice. Where's it coming from?
2: Missing since the brutal storm that struck six days
3: ago.
1: Where's the water coming from, Daniel?
5: I don't know.
3: Their windows sure look funny, like they're all steamed up. You don't suppose.
4: <laughs> now, May, you get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine.
3: Well, that's hardly the right place for a little afternoon delight, anyway.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you are something else, gal.
3: Don't you forget
4: it.
3: <laughs>
6: Daniel, honey, wake up. You got to
1: stay awake.
5: It's cold. Why is it cold, Kaylee?
1: It's the snow. We went off the road.
5: When, when did it snow?
1: I don't know.
2: Hopes are fading in the search for the Rawlings family. I gotta get out.
1: You can't.
5: I gotta get us out of here.
1: Daniel, you can't. You already tried. Uh,
5: uh, I can't get the door open, Kaylee. It's frozen shut.
1: I know, honey. I know. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam. I'm sorry, Mommy's hands are so
3: cold. (laughs)
4: You are something else, gal.
3: Don't you forget it. (laughs) But look, they're going to slide right down the hill park like that. Maybe you should pull over, Tucker. See if they need help.
4: Yep. I'll just be a minute.
1: Try the horn again. Daniel
2: Twenty-nine deaths now attributed to the blizzard that struck ten days ago
6: Kristen
5: How long has it been?
1: I don't know It was dark earlier And before that It was bright (laughs) Dark Right, sorry Hi. the ice is pretty when it's
2: bright <laughs> a sad discovery today on the banks of bent muddy creek
1: aaron's cold david
3: he's cold maybe you should pull over tucker see if they need help
4: <clears throat> yep I'll just be a minute. Good Lord. May, May, call 911.
3: What? Why? With that car, it's on fire. Oh my, uh, god. Hey, oh my god. god! Hey, 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 that crowbar, give me your crowbar! Three. Do you hear that? They're burning alive in there! Oh. <laughs>
2: Investigators remain tight-lipped as to possible causes of the fire that took the lives of Daniel, Kaylee, and Adam Buchanan. The young family's family is traveling.
3: It's getting pretty dark, Tucker. You want to stop soon?
4: I think I'd rather keep driving a while, if you don't mind.
2: Me. Some of you may remember another tragedy that occurred recently at the same location. During last year's Christmas blizzard, the Rawlings family car went off the road at mile marker 14, crashing into the bent, muddy ravine. By the time searchers found the vehicle, David Rawlings, his wife Kristen, and their infant son Aaron had all perished from hypothermia. And that's Would the you news. You turn that off, please, hours. mate.
3: Sure, so hon. Later, Are you ready to tell me?
4: You don't want to know.
3: Tell me anyway.
4: <sighs> the wife. She was still alive when I got to her. She kept saying how cold she was that they were all cold and a little fire would be nice. would warm the baby right up. And then she said they were going to toast marshmallows. Mate, she asked me could I give her a match. Could I give her a match because hers were all used up.
1: listening to a live Halloween performance by Chatterbox Audio Theater. This is Mandy Lane. Human relationships are built on a process of give and take. All of us ask things of those we care about, whether their favors, their support, or simply their time and attention. In return, we do our best to meet the demands our loved ones place on us. But what happens when a person finally asks for too much? What might result when we cross the line from persuasion to control? We will find out momentarily as Chatterbox Audio Theatre presents tonight's third tale, which is called From the Latin.
5: Ah, what? What? What happened?
4: Save your strength, Thomas.
5: Andrew? What? What? Why am I strapped down?
4: It's all right, Thomas. The sedative is just wearing off. That's all. Nothing to worry about
5: yet. Sedative?
4: What are you talking about? I don't
5: remember Of
4: course you don't remember, Thomas. You didn't know anything about it. I slipped it into that celebratory glass of champagne we were having. You do remember that, don't you?
5: The champagne. Yes, but what are you talking about? Why have you strapped me to this table? Let
4: me go! Thomas?
3: Thomas! (sighs) Thomas!
4: I told you to save your strength, remember? You do well to listen... Because really, you don't have much time left.
5: What are you talking about? What are you doing to me?
4: Are you feeling a little weak, Thomas? I imagine you are. You're smarter than me, Thomas. You always have been, haven't you? So let me ask you a question. How much blood is in the typical human body?
5: What? What do you mean? It's
4: a simple question. How much blood is in the typical human body?
5: I think it's about 6 quarts. What do you Yes,
4: ta- yes, I think you're right. Almost halfway done, I guess.
5: What are you talking about?
4: <laughs> Let me up. <laughs> Still haven't figured it out, Thomas. Where's all that brain power now? But then I suppose you're feeling a little weak, a little lightheaded, so I'll just have to show you. You should be able to move your head just a little. I left that strap loose on purpose, so you should be able to look here, here, at your left elbow. What?
5: What is that IV doing there?
4: Andrew, what are you putting into me? It's not what I'm putting in, Thomas. It's what I'm taking out. If you'll hush, be silent, just for a moment. You should be able to hear. Listen. Oh, God. Oh, God. Andrew, is that. Your blood? Why, yes. Yes, it is. Dripping out of your body. As I said, almost halfway done by now, I expect.
5: Andrew, stop it, please. Please stop it. Take the needle out. Don't do this.
4: I'll bleed to death. I'll bleed to death? Really, Thomas. I expected something more erudite from you. Something like exsanguination. What? It's from the Latin. It means to die from loss of blood. I know what it means, you imbecile! Ah, there we are. Now your true colors come out. Even at death's doorstep. Now you reveal what you really think of me. Tell me, Thomas, if I'm the imbecile, why are you the one strapped to the table, about to die by exsanguination? Andrew, let me go. Let me up from here and...
5: And I'll give you anything. Anything you
4: want. But, Thomas, once you're gone, I can have anything I want. It's all there for the taking. What? My money?
5: My house? What do you think you
4: can get? People will look for me. (laughs) Really, Thomas? Oh, think about it. You have no friends, no one, no family left. After you murdered your parents to get the family fortune... You became a recluse, didn't you? Damn you! I should
5: never have taken you in, never given you...
4: Given me what? Just what did you give me? The money? A place to live? You didn't give it to me! You made me work for it! You made me go out and procure for you... Find you women and bring them back here. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick, you pathetic, ugly, deformed little pustule. Look at you. You're revolting. You had all that money, all that power, while I had nothing. Nothing but my looks and my way with women. Two things your money couldn't buy. Andrew, please, please let me go. I don't want to die! Really, Thomas? You don't want to die? It's funny. I imagine none of those women wanted to die either, here in this airtight, soundproof room. Well, you thought I didn't know about this room, didn't you?
3: <laughs>
4: it's all right, Thomas. I know you've always been smarter than me. You thought I was too stupid to figure things out. You thought I'd never question what happened to the women. But you were wrong. I kept my eyes open. I spied on you when you thought I wasn't looking, and I figured it out. I finally realized you were bringing those women here to this hidden room, and you were, well, there's another word from the Latin, isn't there, Thomas? Vivisection. Andrew, please, let me
5: go. I, I feel weak. I can't last much longer.
4: No, I suspect not, Thomas. But you should really thank me. Your death is going to be far gentler than what those poor women experienced. You're going to pay for your crimes, Thomas. My crimes?
5: What about yours? You brought them here. You knew something
4: was happening to them, but you didn't go to the
5: police. You didn't stop finding them for me.
4: Well, no. Of course not. It took me a while to discover this secret room. I couldn't stop bringing them here until I did. (laughs) It's all very clever, Thomas. The hidden keypad with the secret password. The hidden room so airtight, so soundproof. All your tools here. Everything you need for your work. You'll never get away with this. Andrew, you'll be caught. Found out. I don't think so, Thomas. As I said, you have no friends, no family. And I know you have jewels hidden in the house worth... How much? At least a million dollars, I'd say. Certainly enough for me to live on comfortably for a long, long time. (laughs) Please. I'm sorry, Thomas. But I think it's time for me to go. It's getting a little stuffy in here. The air's a little thick. I think I'll let myself out and leave you in peace. More than you ever did for those poor women. Sweet dreams, Thomas. Hmm. you must have hit the wrong keys. What's going on, the door, why won't the door open? Help, open the door, let me out! Thomas, Thomas, Uh, Thomas, uh, Thomas, wake up. The password, it's not working. uh, What's going on? What have you done? The password? (laughs) It's simple,
5: Andrew. You discovered the password to get in, but not the one to get out. (laughs) What? You were right about one thing, Andrew.
4: I... I am smarter than you. Thomas, Thomas, I- I'll let you go. I'll stop the bleeding. Just just give me the password. It's too late.
5: Everything's getting dim. You couldn't save me now, even if you
4: wanted to. I'm dying, Andrew. But, but you can't. That means I'll die in here, too. I'll, I'll smother to death.
5: Mother Let me teach you A new word Andrew Asphyxiate (laughs) It's
4: From the Greek (laughs) No. No 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 listening to a live halloween performance by chatterbox audio theater this is kenan kaplinger earlier in tonight's show we warned you that our stories were not for the faint of heart by now we have no doubt illustrated why such a warning was necessary but in case you missed it we repeat it here listen at your own risk our next story takes us to a fantasy world a world of castles and knights wizards and magic but all is not well in this fairy tale kingdom As we will see, the demons inside one young man's mind threaten to destroy him. And, unfortunately, the cure may be even worse than the ailment. Chatterbox Audio Theater presents tonight's fourth tale The Ballad of Prince Vince.
3: days quite long ago ere you and I were born there lived a prince Vincentio in the kingdom Agathorn he was a spry and handsome lad as charming as they come a wonder so opined his dad a marvel said his mum. The prince's arms were strong as logs His eyes as blue as pools He had the finest pedagogues From all the finest schools uh,
2: Well fought, my boy Your aim is true, as true I heard
3: did see It
5: is, good sir, all thanks to you If honed my talents be
3: with wit, with grace, with humble words, the prince won many hearts. Long live Prince Vince! The crowds concurred.
1: And the kindness he imparts!
3: But, though the prince was lionized and held in high esteem, he had a secret he disguised. His sleep was plagued with dreams. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. You demons! He'd call out at night. You
5: violent, putrid spirits! Be gone with you! Get from my sight and never come back near it! (laughs)
3: But dreams back then were stronger stuff, and they would not be deterred. This fool, they laughed,
6: would bark and blot and cast us off with words. Oh <laughs> no, my prince, we're here to stay with you forevermore. We'll
7: not be killed or
3: chased away
7: till you, you pass through, through death's death door.
3: <laughs> the prince was nightly robbed of rest by these demonic dreams. They'd tell him of his loved ones' deaths and bid him heed their screams.
7: Oh.
3: Oh. No, no! Someone help us! Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so here,
6: my prince. Your dad and mom engulfed in hungry flames, and Agathon, the
3: whole kingdom, soon to burn the same. <laughs> they whispered words of torment to make the devil <sighs> swoon, and only when the night was spent would they vanish from his room. My wife began the king one day.
2: I worry for our son. His youthful face is ashen gray, his health is down to none. I hear him cry out in the night when all the world's at peace. Knowest thou what isn't right?
1: I know one thing at least. It's dreams that steal his youth, my lord, that rob him of his rest. Oh, tell me, king, what spell, what word brings life back to his breast?
2: Mm. Fear not, my queen. There is a man, in my kingdom he resides, who braves the far-off shadowlands where many dark things hide. His wisdom is quite powerful, his magic fierce and strong. He gives me his allegiance full. Tis he who will right this wrong.
3: And so this man of wizardry was brought before the prince. He had a magic remedy to proffer to poor Vince.
6: My lord, I know a spell,
3: said he,
4: to return to you your sleep. It traps your dreams within a tree, which then is planted deep. So long as this tree lives and thrives, you shall hold your dreams contained. You'll
2: have our thanks.
4: You'll save our lives. If
2: our son's health is regained.
4: Then on this eve, the wizard said, we'll catch those thought tormentors. Hie you, young man, up to your bed and bid your nightmares enter.
3: The prince did just as he was told, and when his breath grew deep. The dreams crept in all damp and cold to steal from him his sleep. But the wizard saw the slumbering lad twitch and shake with dread, and thus he knew the demons had just crept into his head.
4: Vestibellum Antipsum Primus <laughs>
3: And so t'was done, the nightmares trapped within a seedling oak. And for three long days the prince did nap and never once awoke. The king's brave knights then took the tree to plant it in a field in some far-off territory whose location they concealed.
5: Ha. <laughs> Good. Ha.
3: The prince regained the noble air reserved for those highborn, And once again, all life seemed fair through Kingdom Agathorn. Until one day.
2: Uh, Perry now, your arms and mind you train. Ah, well done, my prince. You can't allow your focus air to wane. If you. Ah! Ah! Good
5: sir! Good sir, I've wounded you. My sword escaped my grasp. Oh, Tis well, my prince. Your aim's still true. Yet, ah, oh, it stings me like an asp. Help us! Please, this man is felled. He needs the quickest
3: aid. Oh,
5: my God. I have before beheld this bloody scene so played.
3: Twas true. For back when he was still within the nightmare's thrall, Vince dreamt his teacher suffered ill in this same palace hall. It
5: happened just as in the dream, an unintended blow. My teacher's blood pours like a stream. My sleep foretold this woe.
3: Afraid of what this all might mean, the prince employed a knight to take him where the tree had been planted out of sight.
5: You, brave sir, collect your gear. You must accompany me far to that bare field so far from here where the roots, the nightmare tree.
2: My prince, I'm honor-bound and sworn to do just as you say, but permit me to against this warn. No
5: quarrel! That's us away.
3: The two men rode a dozen hours o'er rocky rough terrain, past the cities, past the towers, to where the nightmare tree was lain. Upon arriving at the clearing, though, they both were stunned to see not one small sapling bending low, but a thousand full-grown trees.
5: What trick is this?
2: What awful test? Do you lead me off astray? I'll have your head for this, poor jest. Peace, my prince, I pray. I know this region like my hand, and it weren't three weeks ago, where this twisted forest here now stands was no more than a meadow.
3: As the men before this sight in awe and wonder stood, there emerged into the light a stranger from the wood. He was dark of eye and pale of skin. His face was wholly bare, not on his crown, his brow, or chin did grow a single hair.
6: Good master, in my wandering I beg a helping hand. Pray, take me to the noble king of this your noble land.
3: Unable to refuse this plea, the knight and wretched Vince ceased searching for the nightmare tree to lead the stranger hence. The king of Agathorn was thrilled to make the man his guest. He bade the fattest hens be killed and served wines of the best. Our home
2: is yours. Oh, sit down, I pray. I give you all I've got. Uh, but what chore or task, or did you say, propels you?
6: I said none. <laughs>
1: My son, your eyes still look askance at this our visitor. Do you mistrust whom fate perchance to escort to our door? I feel unease.
5: This darkling soul fills me with such dread. I fear I cannot play the role of the good host, breaking bread. My boy,
6: fly not, what troubles thee? Has his highness had a scare?
5: I must depart temporarily.
6: Be watchful on the stair. Oh.
3: With these surprising, cryptic words still ringing in his ear, Vince fled the room but overheard the stranger's laughter clear. <laughs> <laughs> in fleeing down the curving stair, he became so taken with his quandary, he collided with a girl who carried boiling water from the laundry. Oh. Oh. No!
5: No! no.
1: My son, dear Vince, please hear my plea. Your mother begs a word.
5: No words will take this pain from me.
1: Your manner is absurd. We all regret this accident, but no one blames you, child. Misfortune's bow is always bent. Please be reconciled. The washing woman's wounds will heal.
5: But her flesh is ever scarred.
1: You must cast off this guilt you feel. You scold yourself too hard. Tis more
5: than guilt that takes me o'er when I think back on her screams. For those dread sounds I heard before. I heard them in my dreams.
1: But no, dear Vince, this cannot be. Your dreams were long ago consigned to live within a tree and inside you not to cry.
5: And since then I have not seen them once while peacefully I sleep, but now they've entered a newer haunts. Through the waking world they creep. Oh, dear mother, there is something more, so listen as I tell. I knew the awful thing in store, but he knew it as well.
6: Come in, my prince. What a nice surprise. A cordial, friendly visit. Yet from your manner I surmise that it's not so friendly, is it? Come, join me by the fireside and set your mind at ease. Let's not let anger override our human
5: pleasantry. Human? You... I know you well, though you wear a mask of skin, a spirit born of fiery hell, a monster from within.
6: Is that so?
5: It is, by God, and I'll rid our home of you. Send you back to the land of Nod, if it's the last thing that I do. A prince
6: must learn to keep his head while under so much stress. Has not yet enough blood been shed due to your
5: carelessness? Tis you who brought these woes on me in sleep and now in life. You'll wish you'd never left that tree when your skin's torn by my knife. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
6: Not skilled enough, I fear, to draw the blood you crave Your teacher would be shedding tears Were he not in his grave (laughs) Uh,
5: Then evil must burn off like fog and fade away the same When from the hearth this burning log Doth set your robes aflame Uh! (laughs) Now, vile thing, be gone with you Back to Satan's arms no. Oh, no. It can't be true. It's quite true.
6: We're, We're on hard.
7: the
6: ball. Do you think you'll burn away the fear? That
7: haunts your nights and days. <laughs> all
3: you've got it now appears. It says go the go room, room up, It was <laughs> true. As poor Prince Vince watched in consternation, the walls, the floor, the tapestries lit up in conflagration.
5: Mother! Father, heed me all. Hungry flames surround us, rush to safety, flee these halls. I fear disasters found us.
3: But though the prince's dad and mom could hear him call their names, their path to safety and freedom was blocked oh. by sheets of flame.
5: Mother, father, oh, they can't get down. I hear their dying screams, and even now the awful sounds of those demonic dreams. <laughs> You monsters! Now it's all come true. You've killed who you gave me birth. I'll avenge them if it takes me to the ends of all the... earth.
3: Em- so as the castle burned with speed and returned unto ash, The prince was seen to mount his steed and ride off in a flash to pursue a shadow dark as night that flitted across the glen. The two sped quickly out of sight and were never seen again. And when the king's brave knights returned to where the nightmare forest stood, they found a field, all scorched and burned with no trace of tree or wood. So be wary you who plot and scheme, and those whose minds are full of strife. Before we can entrap our dreams, we must first bring them to life.
5: You are listening to a live Halloween performance by Chatterbox Audio Theatre. This is Grant Hatton. From tell-all biographies to conspiracy theories, we are fascinated with what lies beneath. We imagine that, just under the surface of the everyday, there is a teeming world of secrets, of dark longings and even darker deeds. Every so often, of course, our suspicions turn out to be justified— Tonight, we listen in as one such secret is unearthed and as the terrible truth about a strange individual is finally revealed. Chatterbox Audio Theater presents tonight's fifth and final tale, which is titled, I Am Unmasked.
7: so I am unmasked. You who have mounted this search, you sought to reveal the one who has introduced such wickedness to your town. You sought to identify the hand that has clutched at your collective throat, the monster, so to speak, that has hidden under all your beds. And so you have. I congratulate you. And I regret that the face you see before you is one you recognize, one you have long considered harmless. For it is true that I have lived among you for many years, much longer than you realize, perhaps. I have passed you on the streets, close enough to touch. I have waved to your children as they climb aboard your school buses, as they play blithely in your neighborhood parks. I have sat idly in the background, unnoticed, watching you go by. And all the while, in secret, I have hunted you. It used to be that the disappearances would occur less frequently. Once every few years was enough. That was when I was younger, stronger... I could subdue a robust specimen, a young man, say, in the prime of life, and he alone would sustain me for many months. But as I have aged, I have been forced to adapt. At this point, I am only able to take on the very old or the very young. Unfortunately for me, those who offer less resistance also offer less sustenance, And so I have been compelled to change my habits, to hunt with greater frequency. How often, you ask? How many? I can no longer say. Surely it is more than you expect. In addition to the ones we have discussed, there are dozens more waiting to be uncovered. You ask, could I really have taken them all? I tell you that I did. Did I hide in the home of the Eckhart family to await their return from Wednesday services? I did. Did I linger outside the courthouse until Richard Laney finished his shift? I did. Did I crawl through the passenger side window of Mary Hammerman's car? I did. And did I venture into the bedroom of the sleeping Lasseter girl? Did I take her from her bed, bind her struggling limbs, hush her gently and promise her it would all be over soon? I tell you unequivocally that I did. And of the things I did to them, to them and to each and every one I hunted, why, you ask, was it necessary, the brutality, the Baroque ritualism? I do not expect you to understand but I assure you it must be endured if one is to get at the essence, at the centrality inside each of you, that built-in life force that sustains you and that ultimately also sustains me. In your simplicity and your ignorance, you might call it a soul, and in order for a soul to be consumed, the body that houses it must be properly prepared. But... These details are irrelevant now, and our time grows short. In identifying me, you congratulate yourselves that you have traced this particular evil back to its root. But I tell you now that you are mistaken. This is a thread that you have only just begun to unravel. For though I have lived a solitary existence these many years, I am not the only one of my kind. Far from it, in fact. And in response to my situation, I have already summoned others. Though I cannot be sure, it is possible that I see some of them here today, scattered throughout this room, already among you. Regardless, if they are not here now, they will be. Soon. And I promise you, if any harm is to befall me... If any vengeance is to be enacted today, there will be a price. These brothers and sisters of mine will see to that. They are younger than me, stealthier. Their appetites are, by comparison, boundless. They will make their homes here. They will rear their young. They will push back the dirt of this place, filled as it is with bones and secrets, and they will plant the roots of generations. We will become an ever-present terror for you, a curse, and we will not move on until we have destroyed you utterly. Why, I ask, would you risk such an outcome when your other option is so simple? Release me. Open these gates and permit me my freedom. I vow to you that I will vanish. Within the hour I will have melted away into the night, and I give you my word that I will never again return to this place. I will eke out my meager living somewhere else, somewhere far from here. A town whose name you have never heard, whose woes will never reach your ears. You will be safe from me and my kind. I swear it. And so, the choice is yours. What is it worth to you, my destruction? Is it worth the lives of your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and on down through the years until nothing remains? The question is yours to answer. I await Your response, for as I stand here before you, I am unmasked, but I am not yet defeated.
1: This concludes Chatterbox Audio Theater's third annual live Halloween performance. We hope our stories don't keep you awake too late this evening. Just keep telling yourself that it's all in your head.
5: Tonight's show featured the voices of Robert Arnold, Grant Hatton, Kim Justice, Kenan Keplinger, and Mandy Lane. Our musician was Sherry Hughes. Good King Wenceslas was sung by Katie Walsh, Tony
4: Walsh, and Catherine Whitfield. Sound effects were provided by the cast, Ben Fickthorne and Amy Mays. Tonight's stories were written by Robert Arnold, Deborah Hyatt, and Tony Isbell.
3: The show was assistant produced by Ben Fickthorne and produced by Eric Sefton. It was assistant directed by Amy Mays and directed by Robert Arnold.
2: Chatterbox Audio Theater is a nonprofit web-based community theater that advances the exchange of ideas by channeling creativity and artistic collaboration into recorded audio works that enlighten, entertain, and inspire. Download our shows, meet our cast and crew, and make a donation to support our work at www.chatterboxtheater.org.
0: There are a number of everyday precautions that we can all take that may help to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. The first is to make sure to clean your hands often. Now, washing your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds is the best, but if you don't have that, try to use a hand sanitizer that has at least 60% alcohol. And to the extent possible, avoid touching high-touch surfaces in public places. These are things like elevator buttons, door handles, handrails, or, of course, handshaking with people. Wash your hands after touching surfaces in public places. Avoid touching your face, your nose, and your eyes. And clean and disinfect your home to remove germs. Practicing routine cleaning of frequently-touched surfaces like tables, doorknobs, light switch handles will make a difference. Avoid crowds, especially in poorly ventilated spaces. All these small things that we can do may help to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. For more information, go to cdc.gov and be well, everyone.